welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome, and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your host, Mac Atram. And today I'm joined by Ricky Blair. Now, if you've ever thought, what is going on in my life? Why am I not where I really want to be? You know, did the education system really set me up to win? What do I want? If, you feel, if you've ever felt stuck as to how do I get to my next level, if you've ever felt confused, don't know what action to take, well, you're aiming for some inspiration and some motivation and some nuggets here with Ricky Blair. Ricky's joining us. He's originally from the UK, but he's joining us from Los Angeles, where he's based now in the USA. Ricky, welcome to the Business Success Show. Thank you, Mac. Thank you for having me. That's quite the build-up. I hope I uh, hope I deliver on all that promise. I'm sure you will. I'm looking forward to this conversation, by the way. Ricky, let's get straight into it. Um, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. How did you become... How, what, what did you do as an entrepreneur? How did you become where you are now? Um, I, very high level, giving you my own background. Absolutely. From London, as you say, I left school at 16. I failed school pretty miserably to the point where college was not an option for me. Okay. Didn't know what I wanted to do, but what I had in my mind was A, to kind of prove failing school did not mean I'd have to fail in life. And B, I guess I was motivated and driven to succeed in business and make money, but I just wanted to, to put it bluntly, be free. Right. I started working as a 16-year-old in commercial real estate in central London. I start all the way at the bottom and I was obsessed by learning what it took to succeed. And my life forever changed one day. I was 17 years old. I was sitting in the basement of this office building in commercial real estate in London. And a man called Nigel called me out of the blue. This guy is a very, very successful multi-multi-millionaire entrepreneur in his mid-50s. And he took me out for lunch one day. And I was totally in awe of this guy. I couldn't work out why he even wanted to take me out for lunch. <laughs> we had a conversation. I made it very clear that I didn't know anything about anything. And he just sort of sat there, asked me a couple of questions. And at the end of the lunch, he looked at me and said, oh, I'm going to help you. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm thinking, like, who is this guy? And what's this guy's deal? And I'm like thinking, sure, you know, of course you're going to help yeah. me. Next day after the lunch, I'm driving into the, into the office in London and he calls me up and he's got me a job interview somewhere and another job interview somewhere. And every day he calls me with a different job interview. And this guy went out of his way to help me. Oh, wow. Fast forward, I meet this guy every month and we go to the same restaurant we went to the first time. We take the same table in the window. We even take the same seats. And I literally would go along with a list of questions and this man would mentor me and he would guide me. And I'd go as far as saying his gift was his mind. He's a very intelligent man. And he just taught me about business, about being successful, about making money, about goal setting, about changing the game in, 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 in business. And fast forwarding, I'm really just trying to cut to the key points here. When I turned 
23, I started to implement all the things that Nigel taught me. When I turned 23, I set up my first business, which was a commercial real estate brokerage with my best, best friend who I dropped out of school with. His name is Sean. And basically cutting to the chase, and this sounds very unhumble and very un-British of me, but it really is what happened. We changed the industry. We single-handedly revolutionized the commercial real estate agency sector. We changed the game. It was incredibly incredible fun. We had a great time of it. And I think looking back, it was a hybrid of being in the right place at the right time, working incredibly hard, knowing our thing, implementing all the things Nigel taught me, especially around what it takes to set yourselves apart from the competition. Mm. And then fast forward again, we were going, we, it just went in the right direction. We were going from strength to strength. We were competing with and beating the biggest real estate agencies in the world. Five, six years in, we started to get all these offers from the biggest property companies in the world, CBREs, Knight Franks, Jones Lang, uh, et cetera. What they, and what they, they wanted to buy your business or what? What did they want? Three, four years in, we started to get approaches from these big companies. They wanted to buy the business. Okay. And we didn't have a clue what was going on because to put it bluntly with these young 25, 26-year-olds that didn't really know what we, well, we felt like we didn't really know what we were doing. And one by one, they'd come along, they would tell us, this is what we want to pay for you. This is what we want to do with you. And the truth is, we didn't have any interest, as flattering as it was. We had zero interest in selling. But our accountant at the time used to say to us, you know what, guys, have the conversation. One, you might learn something. And two, they may massage your ego in the process. Right, right. And it was right. really nice and really flattering to receive these big numbers they were offering us. But as our accountant pointed out, he was spot on. Every time they approached us, we would listen. And they literally gave us like the roadmap of what they would do with our company if they bought us. Okay. And after like the third or fourth approach, we just looked at it and thought, shit, like, why don't we just we do take what they've shown us, do it ourselves, build it into a bigger thing. And basically we set this huge, outrageous, lofty target for the business, revenue levels, what we wanted to exit the business for. We had a very clear cut plan and I think it was a year and a half, two years later to the day, we basically got the offer that we couldn't say no to. Sold the business in 2016. And that was a deal that forever changed, well, it changed everything on so many levels. That's fantastic. So you dis- let me just rewind. You disrupted the market. Fantastic. At the time, I don't know if you can piece it together, but how did you disrupt the commercial real estate brokerage business, what is it you were doing differently and uniquely that someone's knocking at your door now and saying, actually, we want to buy your business. You're doing this so well. Okay. So great question. And there are so many, there are a few different components to it. One, one was because we were given an opportunity at a young age and because we were mentored and guided, I felt duty bound to almost pay that forward. So we, one of our big edges was we would only employ super young, ambitious, driven, entrepreneurial minded people. We never looked at a CV. We didn't care what they did at university or what they didn't do. We just looked at what their, what was driving them, why they wanted to work, what their ambition was, what was really going on behind the scenes. So that was one thing that set us apart. The second thing was, I think when you, because we set up the business when we were in our early 20s, our competition 
was maybe 10, 15, 20 years older than us. Of course, yeah. So we just looked at the landscape. We looked at how people were doing things. And we just had this, like, I mean, I'm looking at my desk right here. Like, we just wiped the, the slate clean. Yeah. And just thought we have a blank canvas. We've got no one showing us or telling us what we can or cannot do. And we just went different. We just looked at how we could do things differently. And the truth is, Mac, the industry was very old school. It was very out of date. It was very backwards. So like one of the things was that we, you know, we looked at it that, yes, we were there to advise on real estate, to rent out office buildings or sell office buildings or design buildings. But the truth is we were, we were there to, we were also marketing buildings as well. 50% was advice, 50% was marketing. Yeah. So that was one of the big tweaks we made. The other thing was all the people we worked with, suppliers, uh, branding consultants, designers, we basically brought in people that were out, sort of external from outside of the industry, which right. just gave us an edge, allowed us to do things differently. And also, listen, we there's an element of us being in the right place at the right time social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I think we were the first real estate agency to sell a building via, I think it was via YouTube. Um, we sold a building for about four and a half million pounds that was, was up on, I think it was like a tw Twitter post we made. Right. And right. that was like, that was, that was one of the ways we pioneered things. And also the way we pitched, the way we branded buildings, our pitching, we used to like vi videos we were big on. And, uh, there's just simple little tweaks. We were just exactly. doing things that were different. No, no, look, I'm hearing you say, look, we approached it differently than the rest of the marketplace. And what I um, want to get through to our audience is this. If your industry are doing the same thing the same way all the time, someone like Ricky will come along and eventually disrupt it. Case in point, Uber. Case in point, hotel sites like Booking.com doesn't own any hotels, but disrupted the, the hotel industry. Airbnb, the same. So, Ricky, I want to get back to you here that says, look, there's, here's a young man, left school, just quit school, wasn't working for him, but able to create a, a business in a way that someone wants to buy it. Now, for those people listening in think, oh, I don't know what business to create, or I've got a business, but, you know, it's, it's hard work and all the rest of it. What stops people going for what they really want in their hearts of hearts what stops them going for it um i think that fear is an obvious easy one mm -hmm. i think that trying to work out every single step along the way you know the, the analogy i give is this when you set a big a big goal in this instance it may be to create a business or to disrupt a business the goal in my mind is like the analogy is that it's the top of a mountain yeah when you, when you are at the very bottom of the mountain and you're looking up at the top, i.e. your goal, yeah. people get so uh, overwhelmed by the, the route up that they actually get demoralized and they get stopped in their tracks to the point where they won't even take the first step. Right. They're trying to figure out the path. They're trying to figure out the route and it overwhelms them. That's the word I was looking for. It overwhelms them. It overwhelms them. Um, the second thing is, listen, we, we at Platform 7, we, we, our focus is particularly on like the younger, like the, uh, the younger entrepreneur. Let me just stop you there. What is, tell us what you're doing now. And I know you mentioned to me Platform 7. 
What is Platform 7? What is it designed to do? Go ahead. Okay. Platform 7, and it all sounds a bit too good to be true and a bit too woo-woo and a bit too self-helpy. In a nutshell, we show people how to become very successful, very happy, and very free. And what I, and I can elaborate on that by saying, everyone wants to be successful in their own way. It could be financial. It could be their own goal, their own aim, whatever it is. It doesn't just need to be financially linked. Um, happy. Listen, there's an epidemic in this world of depression, people upset, people in, in the wrong jobs, people doing what they don't enjoy. People just at the root of it, they want to be happy in their lives. Yeah. And free, I think the freedom piece is the world has changed quite significantly, especially via this pandemic. And people want to be free to do what they want, to live their life on their own terms. People, yeah. once upon a time, it was very, very acceptable to go and work a nine to five, doing something you just you dislike, chained to an office space you don't want to be in, wearing a suit for a paycheck. That is very much changing. People want to do their thing and find joy and fulfillment. And the problem people have, the problem a lot of people have is, it really is not rocket science no. to be to achieve those things. Let me ask the question that people are probably thinking now and they want to ask. Ricky, tell me, how do I become free to live the life I want, to do the things I want, when I want, how I want, to be with my family, to do all the things that I love doing. How do I create freedom? Okay, um, so, I mean, that's a very long-winded answer I'm going to give you. The curriculum, the curriculums we've created at Platform right. 7, we basically teach what everyone wishes the higher education taught us. Mm -hmm. That's basically what we've been created to do. Excellent. And when I moved to America, all I did was the research. Everything's not working in the education system meaning people are spending too many years there. They're being saddled with too much debt. They're not learning the things they want to learn. That's not my opinion. That's based on the research we've done across right. the states over the last couple of years. Um, so we basically created curriculums whereby we teach people how to achieve all of those things. We do it in a very cost-effective way so they're not saddled with debt at the end of it mm. and in a very time-efficient way as well. Putting it bluntly, Mac, if someone is with us for more than six to eight months, we are not doing our job. We don't want them with us for two, three, four, five, six years. It's no different to going to see a therapist. If you right. go and see a therapist and you're still seeing that therapist two, three, four, five years in, something's not right there. Something's not working. Hmm. We want them in, showing them what they need to learn and get on with it. And basically all the teachings over the last 20 years have been sort of boxed up into these curriculums. So freedom... I think this is a very long-winded answer. The the, the 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 curriculums we've created, they run, you know, they're they're two they're two months worth of 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 of, of material right, and teachings right. and lessons. But I think a few key things I'm going to point to is all right, freedom. Freedom to me looks like the following. Financial freedom is one. Mm -hmm. Freedom to be living the life that you want to be living, i.e., making the choices and, and having the things in your life, living where you want to live, being in a maybe a relationship that you want to be in. Uh, being content and happy in your own day to day. But I think another huge thing is being free to do what you want to do. Right. So the holy grail, I guess, is to be doing what you love, to be doing what aligns with your own passions and to be making a, a, a living from it whilst having success as well. And that is really a big part of what we try and do and show people how to do. Right. And it's fantastic. Great, great answer. And I know you, you teach people this and there's a lot to it. 
And I asked the question in a specific way. So listen, why do you think the school system is not set up to do what you have cleverly done, said, actually, this is missing. I quit school because it wasn't there and I wanted my own life. Why, why, why do you think the system is set up that way? Um, well, I'm going to sound all very like conspiracy theory, like when I give you my answer here, but there is this thought process or there is this belief that if you actually look at the history of the education system, I think it, it dates back to the early 1800s. Bismarck. And I'm sorry? I said Bismarck. Yes. Yeah, carry on. So and basically, the biggest, if you look at the college system in, let's say, America, the big businesses, it seems they got together to create this system. And what they actually required was they needed factory workers. Mm -hmm. So they basically wanted people to go into the system. They wanted them to be trained in a certain way. They wanted them to be obedient, to sit in line, to sit in, to sit in rows, drill them in a certain way. They didn't want them to be too ambitious or creative or entrepreneurial. Mm. So they came out and then went, went into the factory system, which is why a lot of this stuff hasn't really changed, which is why they all sit in rows, which is why they're all told to like do the same things. And if you think about it, the system is, the system, it, listen, it's uh there's also some other things that have changed there. I think, I think in the eight, 1980s, sorry, 1960s, right, 40% of people had a college degree. 40%. Okay. No, I've got that wrong. It's something like 6%. 6%. 6%, 6 right. Six out of 100 had a college degree. Today, it's something like 40%. Okay. Therefore, the value of the degree has, de has decreased because there's more of them. More yeah. people have them, but yet the pricing has gone up. Everything in the world, everything in the life seems to evolve and improve and, and, and change. Yeah. Everything seems to upgrade. Whatever you're looking at, technology, cars, uh, the entertainment industry, the quality of movies, I go on and on and on. The yeah. education system, the fundamentals have not changed. Mm, you're absolutely and right. You're absolutely right. There's, there's a huge thing people point to, which is, in America specifically, and I think this does go a little bit for, for the UK, if you don't have a degree, you have no chance in life, you're unemployable. But that is a huge, huge component that is changing massively in the last year or two. Knowing what you know now, great, great answers, by the way, knowing what you know now, what do you wish they had taught you in school that would have pre better prepared you for the outside life, whether it's an entrepreneur or otherwise? What are one or two or three key things you would have said, look, really, I wish I'd learned this at school. I didn't learn it. Um, for me personally, the, I guess the top one, the, the, the top few things for me are things like goal setting. Right. Very Things very like good. manifesting. Mm -hmm. All things money. And then I guess what it takes to be successful. Right. I'm talking about, and these are the sorts of things we put in the curriculum, like the real things that actually set the successful people from the not so successful people apart, like resilience, perseverance, mm -hmm. um, discipline, work ethic. Like that is, that's the tip of the iceberg. Um, it used to frustrate, listen, it frustrates the hell out of me that we weren't taught these things. Mm. And, 
that really over the last 20 years, whilst I've been accumulating this information, this knowledge, going to seminars, reaching out to successful people, the stuff I learned from the likes of Nigel, it just used to frustrate me why I wasn't taught this growing up. And it's funny, the, the, the research we've done in America over the last two years, the top of the list, if I, I mean, I have asked young entrepreneurs across America, the one thing they wish specifically college had taught them, what answers they give me? Mm. Um, oh, what is the key? What do they wish they learned? 200 people you spoke to. Yeah, go ahead. You tell me. Money. About money. Right. How to make it, how to save it, their attitude towards it, how it works, how you, how you, how you accumulate passive income. Yeah. It blows my mind that we are not, you know, listen, I don't mean to sound all philosophical or too over, like overboard here, but in its simplest form, life is like a video game. That's how I see it. It's a game. Right. It's a game. And most games we play, you know how to play the game. You're given the rule book or you're given the guidebook or whatever. For me, growing up, the, the game of life starts whenever you enter the real world after education, whether you leave at 16, 20 or 26. Mm. And the education you, 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 you received, that was the moment to be receiving that sort of rule book, yeah, that guidebook. You know- Ricky, Rick, I totally agree with you. You know, I haven't taught hundreds of thousands of people in over 50 countries how to create wealth, how to build their business. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, our school system stems back from uh, Bismarck, from, you know, from um, German, you know, that German era, era where even the word kindergarten, kindergarten, children's garden was designed to grow people into becoming or following authority. And when you say lined up, sitting, they, we, they, the school system is set so that you can just follow their system, get a good secure job someday, and hopefully stay there until you retire. And we know that there's no such thing as a good secure job now. So we're talking about what you do, which is you help people to become happier, more free. And what was the other word? Successful. And more successful on their terms. So people, so, so, so the world needs people like Ricky to say, actually, stop for a moment. You went to school, you went to college, you got this degree. Are you happy? No, I'm not. Are you free? No, I'm not. Are you successful? Not to the level I want. Well, wake up there. Ricky will help you to do that. That's what you're saying, right? A hundred percent. And what we've also realized is that we are, we're starting to work with successful people, Mm. really successful people that want to get to the next level right so it's not just people that aren't getting you know we, we're, we're taking successful people and pushing to the whole new level yeah because they're not at the level they want to be because they there's something missing yeah but you've also got people that really are striving for great things i mean i was going to yeah. say the word greatness like i do have we do have clients students at platform seven that literally want to achieve the top 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 elite level excellent, excellent. That, we show them how to do that what was I want to ask you this question. What's the importance of having a good mentor? The reason why I ask that is you were minding your own business, you've left school, you're doing what, and someone comes along and says, look, I want to help you. They take you for dinner, you add some food, they give you some advice, you listen, you make note, you take action. You come back the next month, you keep doing that. 
Now, if you didn't have a mentor like that, where would your life be? So I'm asking a question, how important is it to have a good mentor? Uh, for my own personal experience, a mentor literally changed my life. So for me, it's 10 out of 10 in terms of level of importance. Mm. But if you look at the wider world, it's funny, there's this weird thing about mentoring. There's this stigma in that people don't seem to talk about their mentor or the people that help behind the scenes. So if you actually look at it, the data and the research, yeah, I think it's something like statistically... A mentor can improve your chances of succeeding by approximately 70%. That's it's, all, it's also something like 70-odd percent, I think that's the figure, of uh, CEOs of Fortune 500 businesses all have had or have a mentor. And then the last layer is if you actually start to look at people who have had mentors, it kind of blows your mind. You could look at um, Steve Jobs had a mentor. Mark Zuckerberg had a mentor. Uh, um, I think Elon Musk did. Um, even down to people like Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. There are so many people that have put their success down to that mentor. So I could talk about men. In fact, we were, we were into there was a there was a there was an article in Forbes magazine last week on Platform Seven, and it was all about the importance of a mentor. Excellent. It's, it started to realize the need for it in society. And Platform 7 is providing a lot of that education, the training, the mentorship, that kind of Correct. stuff. Right? Correct. Perfect. Correct. You know, so these people, people need to check you out. So you're listening to the Business Success Show with your host, Matt Catrum, the business coach, and you're listening with Ricky Blair. Now, if you're not where you want to be in life, at the level that you want to be, if you don't have the happiness, the freedom or the success that you're really looking for, you've got to check Ricky out. Now, remember to subscribe, remember to follow, and if you've got any comments, make the comments here as well so we can see what you're up to and see what nuggets you're getting out of this. In a moment, I'm going to go to Ricky to see what final words he has, anything else he wants to share as well in regards to this, the thing we are talking about here. So Ricky, uh, over to you. Any, um, any words of inspiration, anything you want to add to the conversation we've been, we've been having already? I mean, there are a thousand things I could say at the end, and there are, I don't want to just speak for the sake of speaking, but I think if I was to give my strongest piece of advice to sort of end things here, I would say that this really, really is not a trial run. We get one shot at this. I would say absolutely categorically, I don't mean to sound like all motivational, but I mean this, just go for it. You asked me the question earlier on, what's stopping people? If you have a goal or an aim or an ambition, hone in on it and go for it. And for goodness sake, do not get so obsessed about how you are going to get there because somehow, not somehow, I know how, we teach it. If you are fixated on where you want to get to, the, the steps along the way, they have a wonderful way of unraveling. You don't need to worry about it. Just go for it. One of the things I love you said earlier on was that um, set a big goal. You won't know which steps to take, but it, if it's so big, it's purposeful, it's going to make a difference for people, you will figure it out as you go along, which is fantastic advice. Hey, one more. What is the best? I wanted to ask you this. I forgot earlier. What is the best advice that you've ever had 
that's really contributed most to your success, would you say? Um, it's something I realized early on in my process. As I mentioned earlier on, I was fascinated by successful people and I'd reach out to them and I'd write to them and I'd call them and I'd go and meet them. And I'm doing a lot of that in the States as well. And I probably get more exposure in LA to high achievers in all walks of life. Yeah. And I was, I always asked the question, what is the one thing that you, you'd pin your success on? What's the one thing that set you apart? And the answer forever blows my mind because it is so simple and it sounds like such a cliche and it's so underestimated. And it's this perseverance. They just kept going. They never gave up. Yeah. And life is going to challenge you. Life is going to throw you your setbacks or your, your challenging moments. Life will knock you down. You just dust yourself down, get up and you keep going. And the ones that end up succeeding are the ones that, to put it bluntly, they, just, they say it so simply, they never gave up. So for me, that was probably the single biggest lesson I've ever learned in my life. If you want to get to where you want to get to, you just don't give up. Simple. On that note, Ricky Blair has said it. Don't give up. Perseverance. Indomitable spirit. Keep going. Just like the boxer falls down a hundred times, pick, falls down, picks himself up. Don't ever quit. Remember to smash the like button. Remember to follow, subscribe. And also, oh, Ricky, for those who want to check you out and check out Platform 7, what's the best way for them to connect with you? The website is platform-seven-s-e-v-e-n.com. Uh, and if you want to follow us on Instagram, platform underscore seven. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, they are the best two routes for you. So on Instagram, platform underscore seven dot com. And if you want to get onto the platform itself, it's www.platform hyphen seven S E V E N dot com. Check it out. And Blair, uh, Ricky, I want to say thank you uh, very much for coming on here, being so passionate, being very open, straight to the point. You know, you talked about the education system, you talked about the school system, you talk about business, you talk about perseverance, you talk about never giving up, you talk about setting goals. And just off the cuff, you've been doing it. So I know platform-7.com is going to be full of wisdom and nuggets like that and information and knowledge that people can take their life forward. So thank you again. Thank you, Max. It's been great talking to you. Likewise. Thank you. Until we speak again, you take care of yourself. Bye for now. <laughs>